This is Brian Hitano. Some of you are familiar with my blog. Well, now you're able to hear my blog in audio form. I have enlisted the help of two voiceover professionals to read my blogs so you can enjoy them through your headphones. We all have our place in society. We do our jobs. Some of us achieve what our goals were to become a doctor, a lawyer, politician. Others, well, they settle. We talk about it in this episode entitled, If Only I Knew How to Juggle, I'd Be Worthy. Everyone has talent and ability at something. All of you have potential for more. It's just a matter of cultivating and nurturing and refining whatever that talent may be. Of course, if one doesn't strive for greatness, or for that matter, even mediocrity, he or she is destined to wallow among the bottom feeders of society. I'm talking about the ones who are satisfied to just get by and to go through the motions as their lives pass by and upon reaching the end of their existence, only have a bunch of pay stubs to show they ever were here. On a trip to New York City in March 2012, I witnessed the extreme ends of the spectrum of human ability. First, the top end, the New York Philharmonic allows patrons to attend its dress rehearsal practice during a weekday. Unlike the Sacramento Symphony which plays one program a month, the Big Apple's orchestra has several performances of the same program during a given week. The next week, it has another series of different music several times. At this rehearsal, the musicians were dressed casually as if they were going to the grocery store. The assistant conductor, they were saving the head guy for the real performances, gave some introductions and mentioned that possibly the orchestra would be stopping and starting during a piece to work out the kinks. During this performance, a woman was center stage for a couple of pieces as the featured cellist. She played without looking at music, which in itself was astonishing. And of course, she was beyond anyone I had ever heard in person. Well, except Yo-Yo Ma, who I saw in concert at Mandavi Hall with just a chair and his cello for 90 minutes, playing without music or accompaniment simply mesmerizing. Like I said, she was amazing. Her fingers flew atop the frets and her bow whipsawed across the cello, and the notes floated through the hall as if on angel's wings. Okay, I'm no poet, but get it, she was awesome. But here's the really amazing part. The conductor stopped the orchestra several times upon hearing a passage not to his liking. He made his point, then instructed them to pick up at measure 125 or at the beginning of the apregio or at the coda. Wherever he told them to start, they did, flawlessly, as you would expect. But they had sheet music in front of them. The cellist was playing without music, remember, so she had to restart according to the conductor's instructions by finding that particular place in her mind's eye. It's difficult enough playing a 20-minute long piece from memory, but how do you find your place with a roadmap you can't see? Yes, that was spectacular to witness. No doubt as good as it gets. I recently stumbled upon a nine-year-old piano prodigy that was equally impressive. Google Gavin George or go to these links on YouTube. HTTP colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash watch. V equals ACFH8GU. HTTP colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash watch. V equals CZ5PMRZ. WW underscore W and feature equals Realmfu. He also lives on that ultra end of the spectrum of human endeavor. You'll have to see for yourself. Back to New York and the person whom I proclaim as the poster person for the lower end of human achievement. 
Too easy, and somewhat expected, if a homeless person emerged as the winner-slash-loser of this title. But even some of those people show more ambition than him. I've seen guys on the subway platform reciting poetry or playing a saxophone in hopes of making a buck. My hands-down winner, the elevator operator at the 191st Street subway station. I could not even fathom this person being useful 50 years ago when elevator operators were common in high-rises. At least those guys had to know second floor, men's wear, appliances, hardware, third floor, baby goods, furniture, lingerie. But this guy just pushed on up two buttons one to go down from the street level, one to go up from the subway level. That's the extent of the complexity of his job. All from the comfort of a lawn chair. How did he survive until 2012? Why are they paid to push buttons? I looked up subway elevator operators in New York and found an article from the New York Times where I learned more than I could know from just seeing him in person. This search was spawned by the compassionate me, who wanted to know more about this career path, in case I wanted my kids to apply after their job search proved fruitless. I learned that only a few full-time attendants at five subway stations remain from the full-service era. Budget cuts and automation were two causes of making them an endangered species. Still, they make $23 an hour, their responsibilities involving little more than pressing a few buttons. But they have endured because of neighborhood efforts to retain a reassuring presence inside stations that can seem isolated or ominous. MTA tried to eliminate them in the 70s when elevators became automated, but politicians enacted a state law requiring them to stay. Some people view the operators not as a luxury but necessary for public safety. They act as a form of crowd control during peak hours, weaving off passengers from two packed cars, or holding doors for strangers. All of the attendants once held more traditional positions but were assigned to elevator duty for medical reasons. Hmm. At least that eased my mind that they were achieving some lifelong aspiration. I wanted to be a cowboy when I was young, but that's for another blog, still, I can't imagine how a guy makes a living pushing two buttons, and not even at the same time exclamation mark makes $47,000 a year plus benefits. If that's the case, the cellist should be making about a gazillion bucks. I'd like to think I'm somewhere between those two in terms of my contribution to society. But who knows? What's a business intelligence analyst worth nowadays? Or a husband? Or a father? Everyone has talent and ability at something. All of you have potential for more. It's just a matter of cultivating and nurturing and refining whatever that talent may be. Of course, if one doesn't strive for greatness, or for that matter, even mediocrity, he or she is destined to wallow among the bottom feeders of society. I'm talking about the ones who are satisfied to just get by and to go through the motions as their lives pass by and upon reaching the end of their existence, only have a bunch of pay stubs to show they ever were here. On a trip to New York City in March 2012, I witnessed the extreme ends of the spectrum of human ability. First, the top end, the New York Philharmonic allows patrons to attend its dress rehearsal practice during a weekday. Unlike the Sacramento Symphony which plays one program a month, the Big Apple's orchestra has several performances of the same program during a given week. The next week, it has another series of different music several times. At this rehearsal, the musicians were dressed casually as if they were going to the grocery store. The assistant conductor, they were saving the head guy for the real performances, gave some introductions and mentioned that possibly the orchestra would be stopping and starting during a piece to work out the kinks. During this performance, a woman was center stage for a couple of pieces as the featured cellist. She played without looking at music, which in itself was astonishing. And of course, 
She was beyond anyone I had ever heard in person. Well, except Yo-Yo Ma, who I saw in concert at Mandavi Hall with just a chair and his cello for 90 minutes, playing without music or accompaniment. Simply mesmerizing. Like I said, she was amazing. Her fingers flew atop the frets and her bow whipsawed across the cello, and the notes floated through the hall as if on angels' wings. Okay, I'm no poet, but get it, she was awesome. But here's the really amazing part. The conductor stopped the orchestra several times upon hearing a passage not to his liking. He made his point, then instructed them to pick up at measure 125 or at the beginning of the apregio or at the coda. Wherever he told them to start, they did, flawlessly, as you would expect. But they had sheet music in front of them. The cellist was playing without music, remember, so she had to restart according to the conductor's instructions by finding that particular place in her mind's eye. It's difficult enough playing a 20-minute long piece from memory, but how do you find your place with a roadmap you can't see? Yes, that was spectacular to witness. No doubt as good as it gets. I recently stumbled upon a nine-year-old piano prodigy that was equally impressive. Google Gavin George or go to these links on YouTube. HTTP colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash watch. V equals ACFH8GU. HTTP colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash watch. V equals CZ5PMRZ. WW underscore W and feature equals Realmfu. He also lives on that ultra end of the spectrum of human endeavor. You'll have to see for yourself. Back to New York and the person whom I proclaim as the poster person for the lower end of human achievement. Too easy, and somewhat expected, if a homeless person emerged as the winner-slash-loser of this title. But even some of those people show more ambition than him. I've seen guys on the subway platform reciting poetry or playing a saxophone in hopes of making a buck. My hands-down winner, the elevator operator at the 191st Street subway station. I could not even fathom this person being useful 50 years ago when elevator operators were common in high-rises. At least those guys had to know second floor, menswear, appliances, hardware, third floor, baby goods, furniture, lingerie. But this guy just pushed on of two buttons one to go down from the street level, one to go up from the subway level. That's the extent of the complexity of his job. All from the comfort of a lawn chair. How did he survive until 2012? Why are they paid to push buttons? I looked up subway elevator operators in New York and found an article from the New York Times where I learned more than I could know from just seeing him in person. This search was spawned by the compassionate me, who wanted to know more about this career path, in case I wanted my kids to apply after their job search proved fruitless. I learned that only a few full-time attendants at five subway stations remain from the full-service era. Budget cuts and automation were two causes of making them an endangered species. Still, they make $23 an hour, their responsibilities involving little more than pressing a few buttons. But they have endured because of neighborhood efforts to retain a reassuring presence inside stations that can seem isolated or ominous. MTA tried to eliminate them in the 70s when elevators became automated, but politicians enacted a state law requiring them to stay. Some people view the operators not as a luxury but necessary for public safety. They act as a form of crowd control during peak hours, waving off passengers from two packed cars, or holding doors for strangers. All of the attendants once held more traditional positions but were assigned to elevator duty for medical reasons. Hmm. 
at least that eased my mind that they were achieving some lifelong aspiration. I wanted to be a cowboy when I was young, but that's for another blog, still, I can't imagine how a guy makes a living pushing two buttons, and not even at the same time exclamation mark makes $47,000 a year plus benefits. If that's the case, the cellist should be making about a gazillion bucks. I'd like to think I'm somewhere between those two in terms of my contribution to society. But who knows? What's a business intelligence analyst worth nowadays? Or a husband? Or a father?